Wait, how how recent is the breakup? Oh, this so breakup? yeah, yeah, two bring weeks that weeks. as like, close to your mouth as possible. Uh, uh, well, touching. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? All the rules, perfect. Don't like it. Um, <laughs> it was two, technically two weeks ago, oh. but like really bad and really sudden and really abrupt. What, what do you mean, really bad? Was it like furniture flying? Was it oh like no? Like are we recording? Yeah. Oh, we are. Oh okay. yep. <laughs> no. Uh, hi. Hi. Um, hello. How's it going? Guys? Yeah. So I was divorced for. Uh, I've been divorced for a year, little over a year. And I've dated here and there and had, you know, a few nice relationships. And, or, I'm sorry, not a few. few nice. <laughs> wow. In a year. <laughs> no, wow. I had, like, one nice relationship. <laughs> and, um, like, I went on a couple of dates that went nowhere. Um, and then I met this guy, and we fell madly in love. Mm. Like, out of the gate, talk about the future, the kids, like – true love of my life like like really both but both of us were there and right. it was both of us saying like this is crazy and if anyone else could hear what we're saying they would be like you guys are insane but we were both there on that little happy island it's such a great place to be it's like, so fun everything is great you getting work done it's like oh the best drug like oh. i felt like i was on <laughs> drugs i walked down the street there were like men chasing me down the street because i was just like emitting glow and pheromones and like i don't know and really like i've never been as attractive yeah. to men oh, as yeah. i was <laughs> during that relationship um all the old boyfriends come out of the woodwork they're like hey <laughs> hi there that's how i know when i'm aligned with my values like when i'm really taking care of myself when Every, like the the law of attraction is real. It's real. Like when you're lined up and you're feeling yourself and you are thriving, like yep. Uh, the text message, hey, what are you doing? What's going? The oh, slide yeah. is the DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got slid. I don't think that's the right. <laughs> yeah. Say <I> that. <laughs> um. That'll be the title of this podcast episode, yes. by the way. I got slid. So anyway, so uh, we were on our little love island. And it was, and I was like, I don't even care what anybody thinks. I was like, I don't care if my friends think I'm crazy. I am so in love. This is like, and it, I used this new relationship to make sense of the divorce and everything that happened before. I had an ectopic pregnancy. I lost a, you know, the fallopian tube. I lost the ability to have more children, presumably. Um, the divorce was bad. I moved. There was there was just an enormous amount of trauma in the past year and a half, and then I, it was like, I could I could be like, oh, this was why, it was all for this, and of course what that does is it, you know, I'm just like running full tilt towards the the good feelings to like put as much distance between myself and the bad ones as possible, and then, uh, you know. It's Wednesday. We're in love. We're talking about, we have like a trip to the Cayman Islands booked on Monday. Spoiler, didn't go. <laughs> Thursday is July 4th. He, I don't really hear from him much, and he's supposed to come over, but then doesn't, which is a little weird, but whatever. And then on Friday, he says he's going back to his ex-wife in a text. In a text. I'm sorry, a series of texts in which he expresses sorrow that he had to tell me via text. Um, and then there were two days of this explaining he loves me, it, he doesn't love her, I am everything, he just has to see. And then I get a call um, around midnight, wakes me up, he tells me he's been lying about everything. Never loved me, just oops, oops. Oops. So did he say oops? <laughs> he did not say <laughs> okay. oops. Okay. <laughs> But he might as well. And, you know, th this happens, of course. Like, people encounter narcissists. People encounter sociopaths. People encounter liars in a you know, more pedestrian way. Um, but the degree to which this threw me, this threw me more than kind of anything else. It threw me more than the divorce, more than that um, nightmare of a, fallopian tube topic it was a nightmare but it, and it threw me more than anything in recent or distant memory because I had felt like having gone through the divorce and having done a lot of work and a lot of therapy around it 
I was learning to be my authentic self or whatever. But I was learning to show people, this is who I really am, drop the act. And I did it with this guy. You're vulnerable. You, oh, you're yeah. You're unshielded. You were na- you stood and I naked don't do in that. front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, the reason I always have had the act is because I believe that if I don't play my sparkly game, my role, that the people I love will leave. Chris Farley. I guess what happened. <laughs> Chris Farley had that. Oh, he did. He uh, the the one of the very first times he performed, he was high on cocaine mm-hmm. and had one of the uh, best sets of his life, and so he thought he had to be that upbeat, bubbly, gregarious guy mm-hmm. in order to maintain and build on his success. So that also meant that he also had to keep doing cocaine and at some point the drug wears off Mm -hmm. at some point you can't get enough you can't get enough cocaine you can't get enough love i can't hold you close enough i can't look in your eyes long enough like it at some point it's not enough yeah and then what are you left with that's why i mean i did cocaine in my uh like early to mid 20s a lot and in retrospect, I, that's that's what I was doing. It was like if I if I took cocaine, I could I could perform. I was adorable, funny, <laughs> at, like like I mean I might have been annoying <laughs> and just thought I was funny, <laughs> as people on cocaine tend to be. Yeah, because they have a million ideas. Oh, yeah. Your mind is racing. Oh yeah. yeah, I have so many great ideas to share with you, um, but but then it was like once I went out a few times, having done that. It felt absolutely necessary to my per- to my ability to function in a social environment. Otherwise, I would be boring. I would like let people down somehow. Um, yeah, like it just that that it was a, a necessary ingredient for sociability. I so that to uphold the performance. I think a lot of people who um, are high performers. Uh, a players, A students. You see this a lot with uh, teenage kids who you go, man, this kid was like uh, top of the class, high school, this. Uh, do you need to get that? Or no? I don't. Okay. Um, that's a little doorbell. That's, that's what happens when you're not in the studio, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I'm not editing that either. No. That stays in. <laughs> I, I want you to see, I want you to see all, all of it and hear it all. It's uh, probably Amazon. I, yeah, it's I don't know why Amazon. I'm talking to the Zoom player like it's a, a person. Um, but uh, it, it's that a, a lot of people who do achieve a lot are doing it for other people. Correct. And so that they're not letting them down versus really taking the time out to think about what do they want for themselves? Do, mm-hmm. they, do they want this house and the fame and the blah, blah, blah? Or do they just want a nice little quiet? Do they want to be a farmer? And mm-hmm. Jada Pinkett talked about that in uh, a Red Table talk that she has on uh, Facebook about how Right before she married Will Smith, she had left Hollywood, bought a farm oh, really? on the East Coast, and was like ready to live her her best life out there, growing zucchinis. And you know, and I think about that all the time about growing zucchinis. Well, not specifically <laughs> zucchinis, but but my best friend and I, we talk all the time. We're like, why why are we here? Like, why why really why don't we just go buy a commune in Montana? and live there, we might be much happier. But there's too much to overcome. It's like the fear of, well, letting go of everything you know is obviously a <laughs> powerful deterrent. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but why not? I don't Just, know. You know, part of it is how we're socialized. Like, this is a capitalistic society, and there's this idea that more is better. Right. And it's like, if you have one store, why wouldn't you want to open up three stores? And right. If you have three, why wouldn't you want to open up ten? Right. Why not a monopoly? Why not franchise? I the other day, my uh, my friend brought back uh, bags of tea, like pounds, like it, it was almost like an illegal amount. Like it was like she was smuggling. <laughs> I was like, "Are you going to start a label? Like, what are you doing with this of tea back?" And uh, I brought some to my friend, and I it was one of those bags of tea where you go oh i've never smelled tea before like when you smell real tea okay you go oh this is okay (laughs) all right i can't go back to like lipton and uh and then immediately my friend goes uh she should uh start her own label with that and i was like 
or just she could enjoy just the enjoy tea. the tea. Why do we have to make money off of this? Because it's a good idea and it could make money. Doesn't mean we need to make money no. off of it. But that's how we think here, right? Yes. I realized a lot um, as the divorce uh, sort of proceeded <laughs> towards its inevitable conclusion. Um, I had been renovating our house, right? We moved into this house, and I enjoy renovation. But my contractor said to me, oh, yeah, a lot of people doing renovations get divorced. And I was like, what? And I said, but he was like, no, no, it's not because it's stressful or anything. He said it's because a lot of times the couple, or more frequently the woman, is trying to create this uh, image of just perfection to spackle over the realities of her relationship. And I realized, oh my God, that's, I mean, that's just exactly what I was doing. I was creating busy work and I was also making my life look like it came out of a fucking like interiors magazine. I mean, your blog like looks like that. that. It's oh, so thank you. I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful and glossy. It's like a Vogue cover. I, I mean, <laughs> it's not that I don't like that, but it's, thank you. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it was, it was, so obviously what I was doing uh, to me once I realized that. And, and, but, you know, the thing is, it's like, but you don't stop uh, remodeling and you don't no, stop No, but I try to pay a lot of attention to. To where it's coming from. Where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I forgot who said this, but she said it's not about um, getting rid of the behavior mm -hmm. or the uh, compensation mm -hmm. it's just about being aware of why you're doing it yes right yes. it's like as long as you know why you're doing yes. it then it's okay but it's the people who don't know why they're doing something right. that's when the issues start to arise well know? like with my kids i used to when i was married I, I, it was very important to me i would send them to school with these like adorable you've seen them like the bento box lunches and it's all organic and whatever and every and their rooms were always neat, and I like folded the laundry, and then I just didn't have time. I just didn't have time to do that stuff anymore. And I realized I'm doing that to pretend to be this like mom who's got it all together, and like, but that's external. Like, oh, so the teacher is gonna first of all, like the teacher cares whether my son eats organic applesauce. But it was important to me to to convey that to right. the other kids, the other moms, whatever. And now I'm like, I don't have a Lunchable. I don't, I mean, it's, it's not that I don't care about my kids, obviously, or their nutrition, but there is, I realized that where it was coming from was a desire to like impress other people that is so very uninteresting to me at this point in my life. <laughs> I know, it's like the, the people you're trying to impress, you sit down and you talk to me like, I oh, even I don't like even you. like you, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, like this is what I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It's so true that, you know, you, 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 and that's why, like, even, like, with my social media, I try to put out, like, the not-so-cool mm -hmm. parts because it's so easy to, to put that image out there, but it's like people want to see the ugly. That's why we watch television. That's why we watch movies because we want to see the struggle. We want to yeah. see the pain. and But for some reason in real life, we don't show, show that. And then... Uh, it creates more, a deeper connection. I think that's part of the the problem with like falling in love so quickly, is that you're the so many chemicals are flooding mm -hmm. through us that we disregard all the flags. We oh, never, yeah. oh, they um, yeah. or we don't actually sit down to think about the practicality of things. Like I, I know we're excited to do this, but. Uh, Here's like if we write this out and look at it, like does this make sense? You know, right. like well, your brain fills in the blanks for you because it yeah. wants to. It right. wants so badly to have the thing it wants that it just brush smooths, you know, this side over here and you know builds up this side over there, and, and it really has nothing to do with the other person. It's just a construct. Yeah, I, I recognize I'm in love with being in love, and I feel like uh, as you were talking, I feel like I'm your uh, your ex boyfriend. Because I did ex I did everything. You did not do much. that to I someone. I das Vidanya. Oh. If this was a telenovela, oh yeah. Um, Wait, you were the one who did it to the person? Yeah, <gasps> I, I sent the. Why? Tell I me just, why. Like, I just <laughs> like 
Yeah, just recently, like within yeah. Um, part of the reason why, so I was talking, love this, love that, right? Um, house this, children that, let's do it. And she put it, she put it uh, beautifully. She said, "I'm the type of person I do this with everything that I, I do, even with the podcast. Like, I, I, I dive head into the into the deep end of the pool. Right? I can't swim. Like in real oh. life, I can't swim. <laughs> but I've never had a problem diving into the deep end and then to be like, maybe I'll drown, maybe I don't, and if I don't, like, or you know, whatever. Like, right. I was always about diving in." And so I do that with relationships. And when I say to her that I love you and I see a future with us and I want a house and kids and blah, blah, I mean it. Yeah. Like, it's very genuine. And then as soon as I'm ready to get out the pool, uh, I get out the pool. And I mean that, too. Like, to me, they're not separate. It's not like, oh, I was lying about loving you and because I don't, I don't have those feelings anymore. It's just... You're just Those like you're done with the pool. Done. You're done. I'm swimming. done with the pool. Yeah. And so she was like, she's like, she was like, I'm the type that likes to take, you know, a step into the pool. Like I take all the steps in and I go into her slow. She goes, and by the time I got to the deep end, you were hopping out the pool. And I was like, oh, that's me in like every relationship. Wow. Yeah. As soon as I, I'm like, oh, this is becoming really real. I, nah, I'm out. I'm going to send some of my website readers your way, and they're going to dress you down. <laughs> they're going to let you know what and, we do to men like and you. And I did it by text. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The whole. Uh, now, but here's why. Here's. Okay. For just all, it, I'm assuming you have a predominantly male readership, and I want you all to know. It's women, actually. Okay. Well, then, ladies, you feel me. <laughs> Never acceptable. Never acceptable. Literally. Ever. <laughs> Go on, as you were. Uh, <laughs> here's the reason why I did it via text. The first time I tried to break up with her face-to-face, it, we ended up hooking up. Oh. But the chemistry is too strong. I was like, I'm, I'm, and so in my mind, I'm breaking up via text for us. Oh, right. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he gave me that. He's like, I really just wanted to make it easier on you. And I was like, oh, you want to make it easier on me? Because I'm like, if, if, we, if we're in the same room alone. Oh, this is hysterical. But this is why, at the same time, they say when you break up, do it in a public place. So that you don't kill each so, other? No, so that you don't oh, sleep with each together. other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or kill each other. Yeah. And so, but I was like, I can't do this in a public place because, you know, uh, she's a very passionate person. She can cry. And, and I, I I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't <laughs> have bad. it happening publicly, <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm torn. I'm like, if we do it privately, we're going to do it privately. Right. And if we do it publicly, I don't know what's going to happen publicly. So I sent a text. <sighs> I know. I know. I hope she handed you your own so ass back. So she, you know. The, the the reply was biblical. It was, you know, After pages the show, and pages. I, need to, yeah, yeah. I just need to see it. But no, oh, hold on. Wait, do <laughs> I, I had still? Footnotes. Hold on. Let me see if I still. <laughs> I don't know if I still have it. Do you know what uh, I did? Wait, hold on. Say it Radio again. silence. Oh, here we go. All right. Oh, yeah. So this is how oh, long geez. the response is. Oh, um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. And she's pissed you text you oh, broke yeah. up with her by text. Yep, there you so, go. So <laughs> um <laughs> all right. So to prove my point, <laughs> I go, you know what? You're right. Doing it via text, that was th- after everything we had been through, after our story, blah, blah, blah. You deserve uh we deserve, our relationship deserves a conversation. And, you know, and I, I need to I need to know. I, sh- I need to own up. I need to show ownership for everything that's happened. Yes. So what do you think happened? You had sex with her. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Come on. Oh my god. I listen. I what? <laughs> I tried to. I I tried Don't. to. I, tr- I look. I was trying to. I, so what I, you're saying is you can't win. You. I, there's not a W here <laughs> for anybody. Oh dear. And this isn't this isn't easy for uh, for me. This is not mature on my part. I 
should be. Str- I'm well, I'm having my closure talk this afternoon, <laughs> actually. But we're going to a public place because I'm not going to. I'm fine. I'm All not right. going to like. Oh, so you're having a closure talk today? Today, yes. Wish me luck. Uh, <laughs> what What is it that you. And because this is valuable, because a lot of people, uh, I think, try to have these conversations, mm-hmm. as I, I've stated. Um, and one, they they don't know what they want to say or right. share, and they don't know what they want out of it. Like, I, to me, I almost feel like you have to have the closure before you go into it, because you don't know what the other person's going to say. And they can yeah. say something that, like... Spins you out. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> my my, uh, my other ex, the, the gentleman that I dated before this guy, who is a great friend of mine, um, just, like, a, the loveliest person, and we're still really, really good friends. I called him, and I told him I was going to see this other guy, and he goes, no, you are not. And he's like, you know what? You're going to call me at 5.35 p.m. You're going to be all hysterical, and I'm not going to pick up the phone. And I was like, well, fine, <laughs> don't. <laughs> um, but um, no, I know I am very sure that what I want is simply an explanation because there was so much lying um, that I don't know what's real and what's not. And does it, does it matter? No, not really. Um, because when someone does something like that, you can't trust them again, right? You just can't. But but I just need, and I think it's healthy for me to feel a, like a sense of reality is, has been restored. Because that, that situation, the way I, when I said it was like more brutal than almost anything I've dealt with, it was because the, it was like the earth shifted under my feet. And I was like, I don't know what is real. I can't trust myself. Uh, like it just blew me away oh and I hung up the phone with him and there was an earthquake not kidding that happened immediately after I hung up the phone I was like cool (laughs) the earth is rolling (laughs) under my body the gods have spoken yeah um so yeah I need I'm I'm trying to historically I am quite good at dealing with things, getting over things, but this, I, I need to repair, yeah, my understanding of, of, or my faith in myself that I know what's real and what's not. Because, uh, and I understand that, because moving forward, you right. want to continue to date and-, no. and <laughs> You want to go straight to marriage? What? No, I, I just, I, I don't know. I think I'm done with y'all. Montana. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> But it, 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 I think you you said something very valuable there, and that you know it really I think it comes down to not being able to trust yourself, right? And I mean, which is part of why I sent the text is like I don't trust myself to be in a room with her, Mm -hmm. and then you know not give in, and Mm -hmm. I and I'm like, and the the best closure would be not to have anything happen, but have the conversation, right? But uh, I'm weak. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I mean, I think yeah. I think also, uh, especially women. I mean, w- when when you go through a breakup, there is there's such a power dynamic that's very distressing for women. It's like, you know, it's the story is set up to be like we're desperate for marriage, and we're desperate for children, and we just want to be in a relationship, and like boohoo us. And so then the man breaks up with us, and the, the cultural expectation is that we're devastated he left us he met someone younger someone else and we're just like sad here pining and we just want him back and um I really am interested in reclaiming the narrative of this particular breakup as my own and not having it be the story of being lied to and crushed and devastated and just sort of left adrift like broken and sad. No, no, he doesn't get that. Why? Why was this uh, harder for you than the divorce? Um, well, I think when you, so our our divorce, we were like there was no lack of love. We did not get divorced because we didn't love each other. Um, it just deteriorated over time, um, and so it was like this really sad, slow burn. 
And then when we finally did get divorced, uh, a divorce comes with such enormous logistical issues, especially with children, yeah. that I, I was like, I was moving, I was finding schools for them, I was, uh, there were just so many moving pieces that it was very easy to distract myself from the feelings. I still haven't felt them. That's also why this hurts so much, because I've just been trying to get away from all the feelings. And you know, people say, feel your feelings. I was like, I don't even know what you mean. Like, what does that mean? And then this happened, and I was like, oh, I get it. Like, when, when this breakup happened, it felt like being, it felt like I got punched in the face, viscerally. And I guess I could have like immediately run out and hooked up with an ex-boyfriend or I don't know, like gone on a dating app and like what gone on, whatever, I don't know. But I, for the first time I understood the field of feelings and I went over and I like cuddled with my neighbor and her three daughters and we made friendship bracelets and I cried like and cried and cried and cried and didn't apologize for crying, which is a new one for me. Um, I was like, I need to be here. And they were like, be here. And so I think that this, as miserable as it was, was also pretty necessary in terms of getting over Yeah, because all of it. You, you, in the process, you've learned a healthy coping mechanism and skill in terms of you didn't go to sex, you didn't go to food or mm-hmm. drugs. I mean, you, maybe you did some, you know, some slip Oh, I had a couple glasses of wine that night. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> but you also reached out yes. to people, friends, and then you surrounded yourself with people. Very, who s- very much. Like absolutely. actually gathered people and yes. surrounded myself right, right. and found that they're th- look where I am now at my best friend's house. I yeah. was like, I need to come camp out here for a couple of days. She's <laughs> like, all right. You're not sleeping in my bed, but sure. <laughs> right. It is. It's so valuable to surround yeah. yourself with, with, you know, just I, – I, it's crazy, like, you know, you go to these third world countries and you go, man, they don't have a lot of food or mm. they don't have Netflix, whatever. And But they have each other. And th- there's a, a, a kind of a, I don't want to say contentment, because I think when you say, I think that undermines it. There's this, um, they're just connected mm-hmm. to their feelings, to their emotions. They're just connected to each other. Mm-hmm. And they don't have... Uh, they don't seem to have any boundaries or walls with reaching out to each other if they need something to ask yeah. for help. And and here in America, we have such a pull yourself up by the bootstraps, figure it out yourself, mm-hmm. uh, I'm self-made, blah, 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 that it makes reaching out feel like you're so weak or so, like there's something so wrong with mm-hmm. you that you couldn't figure this out yourself. Oh, yeah, that's how I was raised. Yeah. I was raised um, get over it. Uh, especially like psychiatric medication. When I finally started taking that, it was a huge hurdle because my parents raised me to believe that um, why would you take a pill to feel better? Just feel better. Just like stop being a baby. And that was what I grew up with. So yeah, reaching out was like definitely a a learning process. Did you see the movie Midsummer, the horror movie out now? No, I want to go oh, see it. So I heard, really. But there is this scene in it, and I, I don't think this is a spoiler, because it could happen at any point in the movie, where the girl, but it might be, so spoiler alert, um, <laughs> the girl is crying, and she's screaming, and she's on the floor, and all these women come over and surround her, and they're petting her, and she's like kind of batting them away, and she's just screaming, and all of a sudden, all the other women start screaming and mirroring her screams, and they have their hands on her, and they're all, and af- as they keep screaming, they all are eventually screaming in uh, rhythm right, all right. together. And it's like this mass of just scream, and it's like they feel her pain. And they have their own pain. It was beautiful. I mean, the whole movie is terrifying, but that part was beautiful. <laughs> no, you know, um, that's what I'm practicing now is how to uh, feel other people's feelings without fixing their feelings, especially in a relationship. Because mm-hmm. I realized, like, 80% of the arguments escalated from me just trying to fix the feelings instead of feel the feelings. Like if she was upset with work or whatever, 
I'd be like, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? Right. And what she wanted from me the whole time was just to be like, I hate that too. Right. Or, you know, like, let's, let's break some stuff. Or, you know, <laughs> like, you know, co-sign on how she feels versus, you know, uh, trying to fix. But, you know, as especially as a man, you, that's – you're taught to fix everything. They they want us to fix fix the housing crisis, fix this, fix the plumbing, <laughs> fix the car. I don't, know. I don't expect you know. men to fix yeah, anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you live in L.A., especially in L.A., right? Um, but uh, it's all about you. You grew up with this. Fix it. Do so. Yeah. How are you? What are you going to do about this? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm realizing now that is. I have to feel the feelings. I can, mm-hmm. but I can fix later. But yeah. right now, yeah, we gotta we gotta feel it and, and, and get it out, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's not easy. And also, there are feelings with no fixes. Death. What do you mean? Death. I mean, uh, like you can't. You know. I don't know if I call death a feeling, though. That's just a, a uh, state gr- of uh, grief. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's grief. True. Okay. Death, death is not. A oh, feeling. I see. What you're <laughs> <laughs> I mean, grief over death. I was like, if you're still feeling something, you're not dead. You're still here. Yeah. Uh, no, those those are the ones that. <laughs> I have trouble with. Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, grief. Yeah, oh my god, like that's. Um, you talked about like not crying after your divorce. Like my dad passed away. It took me, I think, two years before I cried. Really? Yeah. Because at first I was like, oh, I'm gonna like when I heard the news, I was like, oh yeah, it's about to. And I was like, oh nothing. All right, I'm good. And then I was really yeah. And then I was watching Walk the Line with uh, yeah uh, Johnny, Johnny Cash. Cash. And uh, I get out. I get to my car, and as soon as I sat in my car, I bawled my eyes out for like ten hours. What when when he died though, and you got the news? Did it? Did you not? Was it like you felt sad, but you could control it, or do you feel like you had actually just the feelings were not I there? I think. And um, th- I mean, by which I mean you were pushing them so far down that they felt. I gone. think it was a couple things. One is he, uh, his death wasn't abrupt. We were expecting it. Okay. Um, for years though, like he, he had just been sick and battling like cancer and di- like he had all the things uh, that uh, old black men had. Like he had all the diseases, and mm-hmm. um, so when he died, there was kind of a, a relief mm-hmm. of like he's not suffering anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of the same thing like with your divorce, where you had so many logistical things to take mm-hmm. care of that that kind of helped you. Uh, push the feelings to the side and focus on right. what you have to do. So when the day I found out he died, I had I was doing a week of shows in Chicago stand up. Right. And so I, the show started on Tuesday. I get the call Wednesday, and uh, then the funeral. The wake was Friday. Funeral Saturday, and then uh, I flew back Monday. And I had shows every night that week. And I had three on Saturday. So you got to imagine the funeral was, uh, the wake was Friday. The funeral Saturday. And then I had three shows that night. That's crazy. And then uh, Sunday and then flew back. So what was keeping my emotions in check were thinking about the shows. I was like, if I break down, I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to have a voice. Right. That's what I was thinking about, my right. voice. Because I was like, I can't. I was like, I'll, I go, and I even, I scheduled it. I was like, I'll cry, uh, let's see, the, p- oh the plane God. lands at noon. <gasps> I'll be home by one. Oh, isn't that funny? I have some emails. Uh, four o'clock. I go, I'll grieve. I swear to God. I was like, I'll, gr- I'll cry from like five to seven. Yeah. And then um, I'll shower. I could be in bed by like eight, 8.30. And then I had whatever I had to do. Monday, you know. You scheduled your grief. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was going to schedule. So I don't I, know that that's bad. And so, that, but and that's what I, I thought was going to happen. But okay. of course, you can't schedule your grief. But I was just like, part of it was me not also not wanting to feel like a monster because I was like, right. oh, is something wrong with me that I can, cont- that I'm not crying right now right. and that I can be this objective about no. it? And, uh, and so, of course, come Monday, I'm I'm like I'm good. I'm like wow. Like I was so surprised I got through the week and did the shows and you know blah blah blah. And um, then I was like oh this, yeah, agree. Like what, what are people talking about? And then two years later, I'm watching Walk the Line, and it was a father son moment that yeah. like where the father was just 
yelling at him. And and I remember in the theater, like, I was really upset about it. But it wasn't until I got to my car that, I I mean, all the tears, everything. Yeah. I was dehydrated. It was done. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's, so it is interesting how um, our, 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 what our bodies will do to protect us to do what right. we have to do, right? And it is so hard, especially when you're talking about defenses that have been built up over right. decades, yeah. Yeah. to, like, my, my thing about, um, you know, I have to be fine. I am fine. <laughs> and I was taught to be that way, and I always am, except I'm not. Um, you know, and so even going through big traumas, I'm fine. And I can smile through them. And my therapist has been working with me. Like, I have a tendency, I'll start crying, and then I'll be like, and, like, fix my face and flutter my hands and be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she's like, stop. Stop it. You don't have to be fine all the time. Um, but it's, uh, it's a really bizarre and it's a very... Um, deliberate learning process. I've been, no, like my yesterday, I was sitting right there where you're sitting with my best friend and I, I just started crying and really uncutely, <laughs> like shaking and the whole thing, nose running. And I started to stop myself and then I was like, no, I've been doing this for too long. I have to, something has to change now. Like, and, that, and that's a small thing to change, but it's time to, you know, Grow up or out or something. Or to to channel it. Like Grow maybe it, like it's lean not, in, right? I mean, what, why, why is crying not being an adult or growing up? Why why can't we why can't we cry and you know be proactive and assertive and we blah, can. Blah, blah. We can't. I think the problem is that when well specifically with me, uh, crying is just one way to say like, no no no, shut it off, I'm fine. And so it's symptomatic of a larger issue of needing to perform, which is what I started out by saying, like this, the, this constant performance, uh, which has very, very little to do with who I actually am. It's part of it, but right. it's, you know. Yeah, I, I'm reading this book, The Untethered Soul, and it was talking about how, um, you know, the, our models, our ideas of ourselves is what traps us. It, it, especially when something comes in and, and disturbs the model that we've built mm -hmm. up. So it's like your model is your fun. But there's so many other words to describe you. And there's so many other moments that yeah. it would be weird if you were fun. Like you don't want to be the fun one at the funeral like that. You know right. what I mean? So it's like to be fluid, you know, like Will Smith would say in Hitch is like you are a fluid concept. And but I, I but there's something I think also in our conditioning where um, we don't want to be seen as either hypocritical or crazy. It's like how could you say what you said yesterday and are you saying what you're saying today? Right. Or because I contain multitudes. Right, absolutely, <laughs> right. And yeah. it's like it's like the, the, there's different seasons and different mm -hmm. temperatures and textures and blah blah blah. But for some reason, we as people think that we have to be this like like we're a brand or a company mm -hmm. like start like every starbucks has to be the same mm -hmm. but we're not a company we're not a brand we are well guess being. how complicated that gets when you actually are my job is to be a brand and there's a nice thing to unpack i also think that um, i personally have so much guilt about um the way that branding has affected the average individual and especially kids, teenagers, um, who all feel, because I was one of the OG, like, I mean, I, it was like me and five girls running around New York City blogging. And then companies would, like, give us free jeans, and we were like, cool. And then um, we started working with this, we met this manager, and she started this company. And that was that company, Digital Brand Architects, was the beginning of all of this influencers, integrations, um, digital media, like digital strategies. This was like the Wild West period. Wow. Yeah. And so I was there when it all started and, wa and was part of it as it grew into, you know, a consistent brand aesthetic. Um, like there through the FTC rulings, but like you have to disclose your stuff, everything. And even though obviously this would have happened without me, I do feel this weird guilt because I was a part of something that created such a desire among kids to be their brand. 
to sell themselves, make money by being consistent or perfor performing whatever they've decided their shtick is. So, I f whoops. <laughs> you know, um, and I understand that guilt of like, it's like, oh, you created a monster. It's like Steve Jobs said that about the iPhone and iPad. He was like, I would never have my kids on these things. Like, yeah, this they're is addictive. Not <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. They're bad. Like, none of us know how to sit still for a minute. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so hard. Like, you like you leave your cell phone in a car or at home, and you're just like, you feel alone. Alone. Yeah. Where's my Where's my soul? I need it. The um the book the big activity book for anxious people. Uh, which I picked up today. Uh, I love, I flipped through it, and one of the pages I love in a book was um, you You were writing about the animals that aren't going to be extinct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so the book is obviously, uh, we have a lot to worry about, but there are some animals, like um, I believe it's the donkey dung sea cucumber. Right, it's right, totally right, right. fine. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many donkey dung sea cucumbers. You don't have to worry. <laughs> oh, yeah, the white-tailed deer. And then the, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the aardvark uses its long snout to sniff out food, the a.k.a. bugs. They are nocturnal and will be hanging around to grace the first page of the dictionary for years to come. Isn't that comforting? The, you know, because eco-therapy, uh, there are a lot of kids who are struggling with uh, anxiety over uh, uh, climate change. And uh, and because, you know, the news is just talking about all the animals that are going to die and mm -hmm. the rising sea levels. But uh, there are a lot of animals that are going to thrive or thriving. And uh, cockroaches. What is it? Cockroaches. cockroaches. Forever. Yes. Forever. 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 No, we have. So, yeah. So the book is definitely like <laughs> unleash your greatest fears. But we also include like facts to make you feel better. Oh. Like here um, in Grenoble, France, all the outdoor advertisements were replaced with trees. How nice is that? And then um, scientists are developing a graphene-based sieve that turns seawater into drinking water. Helpful to know. Very helpful. Public libraries exist. There's an entire YouTube channel devoted to Bob Ross. Excellent information, I think. Makes me very happy. <laughs> you know, the, the thing, you know, that's important to note because, uh, you know, the news will just show you the problems. Right. But if you Google solution to global change or blah, 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 you'll find that there's so many people who are working 24-7 around the clock to handle these issues. Or you'll find out that it's not as, you know, well, blown up as, the, you know, not every, I'm, I'm like global. It might be worse. <laughs> <laughs> really freaked out about the environment <laughs> i'm like i'm literally there's instructions in here for how to diy your own underground bunker oh really? oh yeah and i that was the first page i wrote in this book because i was like i need to know how to build a bunker and of course how to build a bunker is like well first get your degree in engineering <laughs> then or you can know how to do it. you can find somebody on fiverr or you know yeah uh but my one of my buddies up in the hills has a, a bunker and i'm like Oh, I yeah, but then address. you have to be lucky enough to be able to get to your bunker. You know, I mean, heaven forbid you're on vacation in Bora Bora and your bunker's this in Montana. True. This is true. Let's, you do need you alternative know, good luck. Like plans. you need, yeah. Different <laughs> or, well, look, when the end of the world happens, I'm not running from anything. It's the end of the world. Where you I'm going? not running either because you know what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen? Someone who looks like me, you know what I am? What happened? Bait. <laughs> yeah. I, someone is going to pick me up be like, she's going to die anyway. Obviously, <laughs> and they're gonna throw me in the direction of whatever is happening of the right. zombies. Because yeah. what? I'm gonna escape? Come on. Well, you might. You know, that's the <laughs> that's part of the uh, as one of the superpowers of being, you know, an anxious person is that you're thinking ahead. Oh, you're ready. For and everything. you're ready. You got you got guns, and they got exits. You know, oh, I have I have food storage container like astronaut thing. Oh yeah, I have an actual road atlas in my car. Like a map. A like map, a map like that you got to open like, up and like read? You Do you know how to read it. that thing? I, no, but I will <laughs> figure it out if I have to. Because if Siri goes down, I'm not going down with her. <laughs> what else are you going to read out of there? Oh, I thought this is fun. So I have something called your personal can't handle list. Okay. Like some people are like about you're like grossed out about yeah. something and someone else is like, I don't know. So I'm going to give you a few of your um, – a few – 
can't you have to say can handle, cannot handle, or secretly enjoy? Oh, wow. Okay. Armpit smells. Uh, I I can handle that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I I, I, I want to get all up in there. You do? Oh, you're uh, one I, of those. I love women. I have who met sweat. men like you. I can't you. stand women who can't sweat. There's not because because uh, I think we've lost touch with. Um, how valuable our olfactory senses are to uh, wh- who we're attracted to, right? right. Um, these perfumes and deodorants, it, it covers up what on a physiological level would really draw us together. But you're and also talking about women's armpit smells. <laughs> <laughs> Men's armpit smells are a whole other ball of wax. Especially Just the, a uh, their situation. diet. I know like if my diet's way off, then I, I'm, oh, not, I'm not the freshest. Um, hotel room pillows. Um, th- th- those are yes and no because uh, I don't like them under my head. They're too always too big. They're either way too big or way too small. Oh, you're not even worried about the like fact that 20 million people slept on them? Oh, no, 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 no. Really? No, no. I travel with a pillow. No, and no, a blanket. No, no. Oh, if we're talking about that, I can handle. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Hotel rooms are just. <laughs> I can't. Um, I'm all up on a carpet doing yoga. No, like no. I'm touching all the things. No, I'm licking <laughs> remote controls. Yeah, yeah. Don't, I'm out of control. For God's sake, don't lick the remote <laughs> control. Oh, my nine year old. Heart attack. Sure. Um, someone saying, "So, what music are you into?" Uh, I I can't handle that because I hate vague questions. Like, well, because they what know what they want. They just want they, to answer right, Yeah, it's like, just come on. Give me the big, why are we dealing, fiddling with the small talk? Just tell me what you love and, you know, yes. sh- share your passion. Yes, because P- the way that question goes, so what pool, music are you into? You're going to say something, then they're going to go like, oh, I like, and they're going to say something yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have no patience for, for that. that. Jump in, you know. Um, uh, Unmade beds. Um, <sighs> I make my bed every morning. You do. But it's. But I also love I love making a mess and then I love cleaning it all up, so I, so that's that's a fifty fifty for me. But I do love coming back. I'm gonna say yes. I, okay. I can. I, or you can. No, I handle. can't handle. I can't Got handle. It. I can't handle. Um, it. and yeah. let's do one last one. Uh, a baby crying. Oh, it secretly <sighs> enjoy is an option. That would be awful. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh <laughs> I kind of I when a baby cries, I love all the evil thoughts that I have about the baby. Yeah, uh, you oh do. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I get off on it. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. You toss that baby out the window. Like I'm, I'm thinking all the evil things. So I, I secretly enjoy that. But um, but if I'm on a plane, I have my noise canceling headphones. So, so I'm like, let that baby go. You know, I enjoy other people suffering from the baby <laughs> crying. I go, that's why you should have brought your nose. Ca- those those little earbuds are going to do nothing, nothing for that baby crying. So I enjoy it for that. Well, reason. not all of us yeah, are yeah. podcasters yeah. with these <laughs> massive things hanging around. You know what I do when I see baby cry? I help the mom. Oh uh, no, no! I'm like, no. I'm like, I have some toys. <laughs> do you need a wipe? I have some snacks. But that comes from having oh, oh, two of my own. Oh, That's gotcha. Why. And yes. and is that well received? I could imagine there's oh, some yes. moms who are like, no. Uh, especially on a plane, it's so embarrassing mm. when your baby is crying yeah. that you will take any help right. you can get. Like when when I would have my kids cry when they were younger on planes, yeah. I would immediately buy the people on either side of me a cocktail. And I'd be like, I'm so sorry. And I had a whole strategy that I would de- deploy over the course of the flight. Yeah. Like, there has to be a, oh, that's a surprise toy we've never seen before. <gasps> and, like, you know, you hold the screens. You hold back until you can hold no longer. Then you deploy. Like, there's a strategy. I, 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 like, I, like, your, I like your vernacular there. They deploy. can eat whatever <laughs> they want. They can eat the dirt off the back of the seat. That's I don't true. care. Just don't cry. Uh. I actually, when I think about it, babies stop crying when I look at them. Oh, really? I had, like, I was on a, uh, where was I? The Not the last flight, but the flight before that, the, the woman was sitting cat corner from me because I had the aisle seat, and she was in the aisle with her baby. And the baby was, Wah! and then I got the baby's attention, and then the baby was like, oh. Yeah, because the baby knows you're plotting its death, and yeah. it's scared of you. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to say anything else. I know that man yeah. is picturing tossing me out the window. Yeah, because she gave the baby to the dad, and the baby started crying again. And when she took the baby back, I was like, hey. And it was like, oh. 
And Aww. I was like, I, I got, yes, babies and even though I don't have kids and I don't have uh, pets, babies and pets love me. Yeah. For whatever reason. They know their target audience. But they audience. have no idea, yeah, I am plotting their death. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> it's something soothing about that, apparently. I don't know. Um, what made you write the book? Wait, first of all, when did you write the big? First of all, this is a <coughs> great book. Thank so you. many firsts. Um, this is a great book for um, flying. Yes. Workbooks. I'm, yes. I'm learning Spanish right now, and I've started taking Spanish workbooks with me on planes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this would be – I have so many of my clients were like, what do I do? Like, you know, they're, they're taking pills right, and they're right, freaking right. out. And I wish I had known about this. Uh, actually, my ex-boyfriend was afraid of flying, and he yeah. – like, really afraid. And he took this, and he w- – and he I don't know if he does anymore, but um, ever since, like, whenever he was flying, he would take this with him and do a few pages um, – yeah, and there are comforting facts about airplanes in here, which is nice. Like what? most pilots aren't drunk right now. Most <laughs> of them can't speak for all of them. Stuff like that. <laughs> um, it actually is the safest form of transportation in right. the world. It right. just is. Um, but yeah, no, I find that this is this is great for travel, and it's been interesting to me how many people buy this book and then buy it for their child, because it's not. I mean, I would call it like PG thirteen. Right. For sure. It's not a kid's book. But for teenagers, um, I'm, I've been hearing that from a lot of people, that it that it was very helpful for their teenagers because it kind of talked to them in their language. Yeah. Like funny, a little snarky, get straight to the point, that kind of stuff. So that's been really nice. And then how old are your kids? Uh, seven and four. Okay. So not quite old enough. No. But, but while I was writing it, my seven-year-old and I talked about anxiety and we yeah. – had a conversation about like what you do if you feel anxious and it o- it opens up conversations nicely with kids. Uh so what kind of conversations are you having with your kids about anxiety like in terms of when they feel anxious like what coping skills are you are you giving them? Well, um, a big one is trying to identify the feeling like just ah, you know, it's like okay, let we have to like are we angry, are we sad, are we frustrated, are we hurt? Like labeling the feeling and and people say to kids it's so annoying but they say use your words like don't just you know rage like use your words to explain what is going on and that's a really that's a really helpful thing i think um but yeah i mean going through the divorce is has it's obviously hard on kids um and so i think it's just about making them feel like nothing they can say is going to be wrong like, they can say to me, I miss daddy, I wish I was with daddy, and I have to be okay with that, you know, and say that's a really understandable feeling, and, you know, and not be hurt, not be, you know, because they're kids. Right, 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 and and, and I think it would be worse if they didn't l- want to be daddy or didn't love daddy or, like, you know what I'm saying? Of like course. Yeah, yeah. I read something recently, um, I, I th- I'm going to butcher his name, Alain de, B- de Botton. <laughs> Button, the button. I don't know. Uh, he wrote um, the true hard work of relationships or love and relationships. And one part of it, he talks about in a relationship, treat your partner as you would treat a child. Your child, meaning if it, if your child says to you, "I hate you," I don't ever want to see you again. You wouldn't be like, "Oh, they hate me. They never want to see me again." That you'd be like, "They're upset," and you would have empathy and compassion. And it's saying take that attitude and transfer that because we're still all kids. Like we throw temper tantrums too, you know, and have that same amount of desire to understand with your partner as you would with your child. That is so fascinating because, you know, a lot of times, you know, like the in a relationship you, you try to see each other as adults and, and we expect so much out of the other person. Mm-hmm. Like you're an adult. Mm-hmm. So you should know how to use your words and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But it's like we're all really just nine-year-olds in these bigger bodies. That's right. Um, who are trying to – because I'm going to imagine, like, your parents probably didn't have great communication skills. or No. Right, <laughs> right. I wouldn't say that. Right. And so then you as an adult are then expected to all of a sudden know oh, how yeah. to communicate even though you hadn't had any healthy modeling right. of, of communication. Right. Yeah. Which is why I said to my therapist the other day, I'm having all these breakthroughs, but authenticity versus openness and 
showing my truths, whatever, I'm having breakthroughs. And I got upset and I was like, I'm almost 40. Like, I cannot believe I wasted so much time being this like shell of a human being with no authentic emotions or just performing or whatever. And she's like, stop it right now. And she said, people, this is the time in our life when we do this work. People in their 30s, 40s, 50s, that is the time to turn your gaze inward because 20-year-olds are complete idiots and they don't know anything. Sorry, right, just right. are. No, you're right. And they, they just even physiologically, yeah, the prefrontal yeah. cortex is <laughs> sorry. It's not working. 20-year-olds. Sorry, kids. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, in terms of being able to be introspective, like, it, it wasn't on the table for me until now. So I can be all bummed that, it, like, I didn't come to do this work sooner. Or I can just be like, all right, I guess I'll show up now. But And plus, like, you have so much experience to now put things in a context. You right. know, when you're in 20s, you don't have context for anything. It doesn't – you're not connecting all the dots because you don't have enough dots. So mm -hmm. it doesn't it, – you don't feel it viscerally. Like, you understand it, but it doesn't – it's kind of like when I was in college and they were talking about saving money. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> like, that doesn't make – oh, a dollar a week is going to make a difference? Put it yeah. on. Yeah. And I now just I'm like, assumed oh, yeah. I would be a millionaire. <laughs> Like when I was, I don't know, like 23, like absolutely yeah, yeah. positive Delusional. without a shred of evidence <laughs> supporting that concept. Completely <laughs> delusional, yeah. To the point where you're saying about uh, connecting the dots, uh, Francesca, my friend here, um, was helping me talk through this, this awful breakup because I have never had this. This is new to me. But I also was married for 10 years and I never really dated much before that. So this is like, like my like scorched earth, mind blown, like what is happening? And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Sit down. <laughs> Let me explain this to you. And she just unpacked it. She was like, I have da I th I've had this variations on this theme happen over and over and over and over. So she can connect the dots and she can maybe not make sense of it, but see it for what it is in a way that I simply don't have the uh, frame of reference to do right, that. Right. You know, right. so. because he was your your first main relationship yeah. after your divorce. Yeah, and so you're like, all right, what, what, all right, what, what, what terrain am I in right oh now? Yeah, it's I don't like know. visiting a different country. It's like, what's the <laughs> language? Yeah. What's the lingo? What's <laughs> yeah. how how soon can we hook up? How how, how <laughs> what like, are the you kids know, so doing these yeah, days? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to call you my bae? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every I mean, Must yeah, I? ten years a lot changed with technology and the dating apps. And, uh, oh my god, uh, I met my ex husband on MySpace. Wow. Yes, that'll date a relationship. I, how, how? He was in a band. I like. Oh, gotcha. I knew the lead singer and I friend request. <laughs> I know, whatever. <laughs> I but friend now requested you have two the band. Right, right, right. So, what what is your your therapist saying besides? So, what does that mean? Being authentic is it just about feeling the feelings? Like how 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 are you how are you doing that now? Well, uh, what I said to her, she said to me. The other day, uh, a few weeks ago, she said, Jordan, I've known you for three years and you are the least authentic person I've ever met. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I like I'm actually open for a living. Like I write about everything. I can I'm, my my site is practically a confessional of sorts. And she was like, no, it's a there's a very big difference between being open and being authentic. She was like, you offer up your words you package your stories nicely, you tie them up with a bow, and you send them out into the universe via my, my blog, and they are received how they are received. And to me, it feels like once they're packaged and sent, they're gone. Like and you don't, I don't have to have do any more work. I don't like have to do any more work. I did done. the work. That was my work. Right, right. And that is not so. Yeah. That is not so. And, um, you know, when you're writing like a I, – I, I was on a plane – uh, not so long ago, and the plane had a very, it seemed like a very serious malfunction uh, to the point where people were crying. Like, it, w it was, it, I thought I was crashing. And I'm sitting there, I'm like holding on to my one kid in one hand, the other kid in the other hand. And I, I mean, I am positive, like, I was like, this, this plane's going down. And um, I looked across the aisle, and there were three little girls there, and their mother was in the, in the row behind them, and she was just hysterical. And so I looked at the little girls. And I, like, made goofy faces at them to, like, try it. I was like, this is so weird, you know. And 
And then we, we righted, and <laughs> spoiler, I am still alive. The plane did not crash. Uh, it was like a, a serious malfunction, but it was fine. And on that plane, while still on the plane, I sat down and I wrote a blog post about the experience of almost crashing the plane, including screenshots of me saying, like, I love you to my right, husband, right, right. and published it from the air. And that was the craziest thing. It was like this incredibly traumatic experience that I was able to package so prettily that I was like, there you go. I did, I did that. Like, I, I'm done now. I'm fine. And uh, what I'm learning is I, I am not fine at all. Right. So. Th I think um, a lot of people, when they, it's like when people post things on Facebook, mm -hmm. um, they think, oh, I'm done now. Like, I, I've said what I had to say about this, whatever they're ranting about or raving about. And it's like, no, th you're, that's just the beginning. Right. Like, like this, all right, this is something you care about. This is something you're passionate about. All right, now what are the action steps? What, what are you doing? Right. Like, what's the follow-up? Right. And, but what's interesting is you go, I put that out in the world and I'm fine now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, fine is not a feeling. Right. Right. And so what is it that you want more beyond that then? What, what's the, what would be the next step for you? Um, well, does that question make sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so something I've realized is that uh, I've been creating chaos ever since, well, for, I don't know, 10 years or something. Just constant chaos, whether it's renovating houses, moving, uh, new boyfriend, uh, work, like way too much work, right. whatever. Like I create chaos so that there's always something moving and I don't have to stay still. Yeah. So the answer to your question is I don't know and I'm just now beginning the process of trying to find out what it is that I've clearly put down so deeply that I don't even know how to access it. Right. And that's therapy and I'm going to one of those like week long like institute things where you can't have your phone and <laughs> oh, up up north? Yeah. Where you're meditating? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's a silent meditation? No. Oh, okay. I can't. <laughs> Come okay. on. That's going too far. <laughs> Silent <laughs> meditation, please. <laughs> I mean, I'll meditate and then I'll talk. <laughs> um, no, there's in that, in that same book, Untethered Soda said, if you want to find out why you're doing what you do, stop doing it and then see what happens. Yes, that's what I mean. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I feel ready to stop doing all the things I've been doing. Yeah. And, and see what happens. Well, I'm excited to see what happens. I, I wish we could do a part two because <laughs> I want, because you got your uh, closure date. Is that a oh word? Yeah. Oh, it's Jesus. in like two hours. I have to look so cute. <laughs> <laughs> or not. I no, mean, what do you, when come you see on. it? No. It oh, is see? absolutely This is exactly why men do not do the face no, to face. Nothing to You're going to show that. up all <laughs> sexy. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be all vulnerable in the eyes. You're gonna have a little Bambi look, <laughs> and then Bambi he's gonna look. is gonna bring out the, fi the 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 father and the 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 man and the you know is gonna bring out our nature of like yeah. You know what I'm gonna say to him then? Yeah. You broke up with me over nah, a fucking text. Nah, nah. That's what you think. Hey, I'm telling you. T I'm telling you from very current experience that is is going to go a oh very God. different way. Bambi eyes. You I, you better wear sunglasses and a hoodie. Uh, yeah, and okay, a turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> a turtleneck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got it. I'm, I got Eat it. Eat some garlic. <laughs> uh, that, you know what? None of that's going to make a difference cuz cuz we're going to see through all of it. It is not going to make a difference. Oh my God. I'll tell you. you oh you're setting you're setting this whole thing up for failure right now <laughs> if you show up cute. I could already I already know what you're going to do. You're going to put on some tight jeans with the heels. Oh, I'm wearing denim shorts, actually. Denim shorts with, <laughs> with heels. With the heels, yeah. See? <laughs> you're perking up the booty. I already know. See? Look at this. I'm not even, you're not even what? dressed. I already know sure. what you're going to do. What he's doing. I already know what's going to happen. Oh, this is not going to, this is not going to end well. Oh, my God. This is the end of this podcast because I, I, I can't. You talk about what you can, I can't. I can't. Um, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Remember, this is not an alternative for you going to get help or um, talking to someone or surrounding yourself with loved ones. 
the one eight hundred suicide number is always linked in the show notes. I've called twice myself. Do not be ashamed. Uh, it's it's there's only it's uh, it's talking about it that makes it uh, better and and allows us to move uh, forward. Oh, always ask this at the end of every episode. Um, always feel like there's somebody listening in. One person who's on a precipice of taking their life. Yeah. And we understand you're not a psychologist and or a therapist or anything like that. But before you kill yourself, what would you say to that person? I would say give yourself the gift of more time to consider what you're really thinking of doing. Just more time. See, and it's that vulnerability in your eyes right now. That's oh, no. exactly what I'm talking about. Adios, people. <laughs> <laughs>